So I was at St. Michael's Hospital for this placement in inpatient orthopedics. So wow, I was he under did, acute he did such care. a good job that they named the hospital after him. <laughs> Yo, man. Yeah. Why are you like this? Um, it's just something about Michael's name too. Like if it was like Saint Willits, like I don't think anyone would go to Saint Willits. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty degenerate hospital. I'm not gonna. Lie. <laughs> What's up, guys? This is the PT3 Podcast. I am Prab. This is Waleed. Hey, guys. How's it going? And this is Michael. What is up, everyone? It's been a, it's been a hard, rough start today because we had some technical issues, but now we're yeah. back. Yeah, we are back. Of, there was a few crying babies in the background, but there were, we're good. They're, it's a baby. they're gone. Relax. Just More relax. than one. More than one. I don't know. I heard more than one. Yeah. <laughs> I... All right, guys. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about our second internship. So in case any of you guys don't know, we are three MSCPT students. So Masters of Physical Therapy at the University of Toronto. And we just recently, for the past 10 weeks, went on two of, of our clinical placements where we got to... Uh, work in clinic alongside some experienced physiotherapists and uh, get to apply some of our skills in a hands-on setting. So it was very, um, it was a super uh, interesting learning experience for all of us. And we talked about our first one, which was five weeks long uh, last episode, or I think two episodes ago. And now we're just going to go into more detail into the second placement. So um, I think Waleed wanted to start us off. So uh, if you want to just tell us a little bit about where you worked and your area of practice for sure um so the site that i was at it was the same um as my first five weeks that i talked about was at trillium health partners mississauga and the area of practice was in the cardiovascular unit um is that all you needed to know for that question i guess like we can go around and talk i guess you can go into the experience a little bit like tell us a bit about your experience oh, in that placement okay. yeah on top sure. of like yeah. the setting okay so i mean the internship site that i was at was actually the same one in my first five weeks it was at trillium health partners the mississauga location the area of practice um moved to the the cardiovascular unit and essentially the experience that i had at that placement was it was very focused on patients that were that had like heart uh, related conditions uh, that required like bypass surgeries or anything that required like an open heart surgery where they would uh, do perform a sternotomy or open up like the chest really and then just uh, create a bypass depending on what the condition was for the patient and my role as a physiotherapist there was on the continuum of cares the technical term I was on the acute side so I would deal with patients uh, that would come out of surgery like two to three days post-surgery and uh, essentially help mobilize them, transfer them, teach them like splinted coughing, for example, and uh, eventually get them to walk and practice stairs and then plan their discharge um, and plan that accordingly and, and provide the education like around that. Fantastic. I'll pass it over to Michael now, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I'll take I'll take the torch. That was great, Willie. Um, 
So I was at St. Michael's Hospital for this placement in inpatient orthopedics. So wow, I was under he did, he did such care. a good job that they named the hospital after him. <laughs> Yo, man. Yeah. Why are you like this? That's Another baby uh, just started crying. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, hey. keep going, man. I apologize. That, that's, why, that's why I ranked it. It had, it had my name. I was like, oh, we have something in common. I better rank it on my on my top Imagine that. top three. Um, it's just something about Michael's name too. Like if it was like Saint Willits, like I don't think anyone would go to Saint Willits. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty degenerate hospital. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Shit. Part of I'd the unfortunate like... news when you hear like a family member call is the fact that they would say, "Oh, I'm at Saint Willits." They'd be like, they the receiving ends would be like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> Uh, okay, you'll start over, my bad. <laughs> okay, I'll pick it up from there. Yeah. So I had my second internship at St. Michael's Hospital. It was in inpatient orthopedics, and it was uh, under acute care. So quite different from my first one. My first one um, was in, in it was in rehab. It was a rehab setting. It was also inpatient, and that was at um, UHN at the University Center. So big switch there. Um, so since it was inpatient orthopedics, there was a lot of patients who had like total hip replacements, total knee replacements, um, total shoulder. But I think the nature of St. Michael's Hospital and it being like a trauma hospital, there was also a lot of patients who had, you know, fractures. Um, they had like other, um, some other stuff going on with their joints that they had to get surgery for. I also saw a couple patients who had like external fixators. So before they got their, um, open reduction internal fixations, that's like the metal that they use to put, um, in your body to hold like the joint together, they would have like an external fix first. So that was very interesting to work with some patients, um, that had that, um, that was that was honestly something really big that like it was almost like I've never seen that before so it's kind of like a shock for me at the beginning um, especially with one patient I was working with I was like wow like there, there's this like whole like kind of metal piece around this person's leg and I was like wow like you know you have to sort of adapt with that and and live with that for a little while until you get that taken off and then you can have the open reduction internal fixation so you as like a student PT um, working with a patient that had an external fixator, you really have to keep in mind, like you gotta be really careful about them moving around in their bed and then moving around when they're, they're standing and trying to walk because you can't bang that, uh, because that could be very painful. So that was, there was a lot of learning there. Um, but overall, like does just it, my experience. Yeah. Sorry. Does, does it, does it get better with that? Cause I remember I came across the same thing and one of the cases like during class, I remember I, I asked, I was like, what is that? Mm -hmm. um so like when you saw that on a patient was it like um something that gets better with time like over time like it doesn't cause pain if you were to bang it against anything that's a really good question and um fortunately i got to follow this patient for like the duration of time that she was there um and she did have the external rotation external fixation on for quite a while because um her surgery to get it off was like a few weeks down the road so it mm it did get better for this patient specifically like it was never 100 percent, and it was mostly controlled with pain medication like right at the beginning it was like there was a lot of pain like if you just touched it it was like painful um but you know a week down the road 
after, you know, having it on for a little while and being under like kind of heavy pain medication, right? The pain started going away and this patient was able to move around a little bit better. And like, if it was to kind of hit something, you don't want it to hit anything, but like, if it was such sort of like just jolt and kind of hit something like it was, it, they were okay. Um, mostly because of the pain medication, but yeah, it's, it's more of a short term thing. Um, the external fixator, because essentially they just need it to hold everything together before they can do the open reduction internal fixation. <clears throat> so not all patients need it. Yeah. So that was something that was really interesting um, about St. Mike's. But overall, like my experience there was was good. Um, I know like for some people, they'll be like, oh, inpatient ortho, like it's just it's super repetitive. Like it's just hips and knees and you kind of do the same thing over and over again. And yes, you will see a lot of hip and knee and shoulder patients and that can get a little repetitive, but there are also patients who come in with other things as well. Um, so that made it really interesting for me. But anyways, um, that was a little bit about my experience. Um, how about you, Brad? That's amazing. Yeah, thanks, Michael. So my internship was at Peel Memorial. Uh, it was an outpatient hospital in Brampton. And the area of practice was uh, mixed geriatrics and neuro um, at the seniors clinic in this hospital. So it was, um, it was definitely a very interesting experience, mostly because it was so different from my first uh, private practice general MSK placement. Um, not just because of the population, but because I was seeing a lot more uh, neuro patients as well, along with seniors, right? But it, everything's just so different when um, you're working with seniors. So there's so many factors that you have to include that you wouldn't have to with a private practice clinic there's cognitive factors there are uh, language barriers there's just differences in culture um, beliefs like so many of those things right so that was one thing that definitely made it a good learning experience it was really good for like handling as well just because people are actually at risk of falling and you need to make sure that your handling is on point but i think the main thing that I guess I'll talk more about this later too, but it definitely helped a lot with my um, soft skills for sure. So I guess we could go into that talking about, you know, skills since we've already started talking about skill set, yeah. uh, we'll lead. Go, go for it, Prad. Oh, oh. So okay. We'll, so we'll lead, uh, if you could just tell us some skills you learned during your placement and yeah. I guess your biggest challenge. Okay. I mean, I was going to just say exactly what you were going to just say about the communication i think the communication was not only important like i think as physios like what i i guess underestimated or didn't really like it wasn't that salient for me when i got into like the profession and until we got into the placements is the fact that we have to constantly be like almost on in terms of like like our interactive side like especially when we're dealing with new patients and stuff like i think that was a huge thing for me especially because yeah the patients that we that we that I encountered were like heart surgeries and stuff and like if you come up like come up even like a little like show a little bit of fatigue in there then like it, it affects the way that you function as a student physio I don't know if that makes sense yeah yeah um for sure. but um that's why those breaks in between are helpful like uh, that's another skill right like I think the um the management aspect was very important because um, understanding when you needed a break uh, before proceeding to the next patient 
it, it's it's like a fine balance. Like as a student, you're thinking I need to absorb so much. Like oh, I want to see five patients before lunch break, and then after I want to see seven. Like it, uh, yeah, like like repetitive. Like the repetition of seeing many patients is a good thing because you develop those clinical skills and those soft skills like really fast. But the the other aspect that we had to rate in our assessment was the manager, where we are not overextending ourselves that we don't run into fatigue, that we don't run into like a wall where we're just like, oh, like, you know, I'm exhausted. That the next day that you come uh, to, to the placement, that you're that you're not as excited, that you're not as motivated to engage with patients, that you're thinking, ah, you know what, like today's a light day, like, oh, like I just want to see four patients and call it a day, like I'm already done, like 7 a.m. already done with the day, you know what I mean? Like, that it's that boom-bust cycle that we talked about. I don't know if you guys remember that, but... <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Can you... Explain it. Boom, but yo, I think yeah, it was, I, have, it, I have no idea either. I think it was um one of those um like it's in that MCTF like framework or something where where they talk about like how patients think that they're good on one day and then they they kill the workouts. They're working so much and then the next day they're just out. That's the bust part. So the boom, the boom would be like overactivity. The bust is like redu- reduction in uh, activity because you overworked mm. yourself. Yeah. Um, so it's a thing yeah. that we see in patients. It's actually like a behavior uh, in relation to um, when you're doing a subjective history. I don't know if that's true, ex- like word for word, but it is definitely a thing. Wow. Um, and uh, the other skills, obviously, are like related to cardio rest. But that was a huge part, you know, like understanding what kind of vitals to look for, what kind of things um are kind of abnormal and and being very present in the moment i had had to deal with two patients that went syncopal um while i was treating them so that you know like there's that shell shock almost where like oh this person's about to like like fall down right um because his vitals are going down he's his like his eyes are kind of like vacant he's not responding anymore there's that like oh like i'm kind of scared especially as a student but being present in the moment allows you to make decisions that are not only important for you as a clinician, but important for the person that you're dealing with. So that was like a huge learning curve for me because the first patient I dealt with, I was freaking out, but I just knew, oh, like, oh, like, make sure you catch them, make sure there's a pillow under their head, like these things that have to be salient in your mind when you're like kind of freaking out a little in those situations. Um, I didn't think like ever that I would deal with patients that would faint on me at all so that was a huge it, huge skill it's hard to remember the little things eh like having the pillow there or like checking vitals especially like being a oh. student in the environment like you're, you're trying to think of so much stuff and you're like dude i forgot stuff all the time and i was like oh yeah i had to do that and like i would write it down and stuff but like did that happen a lot to you guys yo you know what's crazy that you say that like I, i'm just gonna say that like you know how, like, there's those little things that you're just talking about, like, that, that start to, like, slip away? You, in your head, mm-hmm. you're thinking, what's priority right now, right? Exactly. Like, you have to think, like, oh, like, what is what is the risk here? What is What do I need to do to prevent that risk? That's the question that you got to ask. But one of the things that was, like, so, like, out of your perifer- periphery is the fact that, like, you need to follow COVID, pre- COVID pre- precautions. My mm-hmm. CI was, like, outside the room, that like, down the hall. Like, she was like, I'll be sticking around. Like, I'll just be doing something. If you need anything, just call me. The patient went, like, syncable. She she heard. Like, I was like, I need help. She came in. But she was like, oh, do I need to put on my gown? Like, do I need to put on my gown and everything? Like, I, I have to do that. I can't, I can't not come in without that. But, like, in that moment, it's like, 
like yo like that's that's for me that was like one of those moments where i was like i look up to this person so much because she had the presence of mind to be like i need to do like i need to put this also there because this is also a risk factor for myself you know what i mean because I, I was yeah. already downed up if that makes sense. Like, I was already dealing think, with that. Right. I was yeah. Doing. I think that kind of comes with, like, experience, too. Like, where the the other sides of therapy are just not... Like, they're almost automatic. You know what I mean? Where you actually have the mental resources to go, like, oh, okay, now we have this new... Uh, these new COVID precautions. Now I have to think about that, too. But that means that, like, the rest of the whole, like, therapeutic experience needs to be, like, almost automatic. And I think that's why, like, as students, we have... We have such a hard time making sure we remember everything because these things are not automatic yet. Just because we're kind of just starting to kind of acquire these skills. So because of that, we're trying to think of so many things at once, whereas these things are ingrained in in more experienced clinicians. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's that iceberg model, right? Like, like, it seems like they only know the tip of the iceberg when they're dealing with the patients and you're shadowing them. But once you step out and then they ask you a few questions and they kind of explain their rationale, you're like, this person knows so much yeah like that that presence that presence of mind the application like it's it's amazing to see that like one day that we're gonna be there <laughs> that yeah. makes sense that's, that's crazy <laughs> that is crazy soon soon guys soon honestly we're almost um, there i guess i can also answer the biggest challenge i think that's what you asked too right brett yeah uh, yeah Go for um it. yeah so the biggest challenge for me um was that um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I'll say it anyway, whatever. We can filter it out after we discuss. But nice. Um, <laughs> it, it, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if the, this is like, okay. well, crosses a boundary of confidentiality what? or not. I don't think it does, but whatever. Um, essentially, what happened at like my unit was that there was a COVID outbreak there. Um, and when the COVID outbreak occurred, like, I like that was like one of the worst things that I thought could have happened um like prior to like actually occurring uh the challenges that went into that were like in a five-week placement you're thinking like you know like it's cardio rest okay I'm gonna learn some skills about cardio rest I'm gonna learn about the skills like I'm gonna look about I'm gonna think about like how to deal with patients what is the framework what is the things that are salient in most assessments you know like you're focusing on that but when a COVID outbreak occurs, which is new to everyone, yeah, right? Like everyone in the unit hadn't really experienced it. Like, I mean, they, they experienced it before in March too, I think. But like, even still, like the precautions that are necessary for risk and safety are still new to some people in the unit, right? So that that asp- that adjustment and being mindful of those new things was difficult for me because I felt like this is another dimension that I got to focus on because... I can't think only like I need to do my stuff. I need to finish my five weeks and leave. Like I got to think, okay, like what is it that I need to do in this, in these types of situations? What do I do? Like if one day I end up working at a hospital and there's some, something like this that occurs again, that there's, there, that there's an outbreak that occurs of some other virus, God forbid. Oh my God, please no more pandemic. But like, like, <laughs> like it was, it was a challenge because, um, it requires you to switch your gears and focus in a different way. And I felt like the professional aspect, that ability to maintain your composure and then continue in a way that um, is required of you, not only as a student, but also as like a future PT was a huge, huge um, skill that was um, 
that 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 I ended up developing because of this scenario. Um, obviously, like I know, like a lot of people were in like COVID, like like ICU units that dealt with COVID patients. Even like, and I I, I applaud you. Like, kudos to you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, but for me, like that was a shell shock only because I didn't expect it, um, and I had to like adjust on the fly. Yeah, I mean, like that's kind of it's kind of scary, right? Like having to think about, oh, I might not get to finish my placement, or yeah. like this extra thing that I have to think about like oh maybe I was exposed and then that kind of increases your stress level when you're thinking about like going back and you're almost not in the as optimal of a place to learn but like yeah that I think that's definitely one of your character building moments <laughs> for sure <laughs> starting from ground zero right we, we gotta go Honestly, up <laughs> I'm sure you did great Waleed and handled it really well thanks Michael I need this. I, I need you. I need you to specifically. I need in that same tone every single time. Oh my God, Michael, you wanna? I, I got you guys. You wanna tell us a bit about? Yeah, you guys always like Walid. I am very proud of you. I hope you just know that. This is why we have a Saint Michael's. Facts. That's why we don't have like a Saint Walid or like a Saint Prabhu. Okay, don't try to. We got. We gotta create one. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta create one of those. Both of those. Saint Prab. Yeah. That's gonna be our clinic's name, eh? There you go. Saint Waleeds. We'll refer, we'll refer to uh, Saint Waleeds and Saint Prabs. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Let's yeah. go, Michael. All right, all right. So some of the skills I learned during my placement. All right, so one of the one of the objectives, I guess you could say, I had for this placement was to get better at charting. That was that was a really big focus. So big on my fact. first placement, yeah, on my first placement, it was all written charts, which is great, but I didn't get to do too much of it because we didn't have to chart uh, all the time on every patient because it's a rehab setting. So we only had to do it like once a week or for initials or for discharge. But at the hospital, we had to do a chart for every patient um, initial assessment and every patient discharge as well as every patient interaction and. I was fortunate enough at St. Michael's, they had an online charting software, um, so which made it really easy because there was essentially tabs on the left-hand what side. What was it called? Um, it was called Sorian. Oh, okay, okay. Because we used yeah, it too, it was called like Epic, so I was like wondering if you had to Epic. get for that too. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a pretty big learning curve um, because, you know, when you do the written ones, it's just like an interprofessional note and, you know, you could just put your own subheadings and all that type of stuff. But with this, it was like a big template. And it had like all the stuff on it, right? Like your social history, your mobility, your goals, like it it had everything, which was honestly nice because it almost gave me like a good template in my head about what I should have if I do a written one. So now I like, it was there every single time. Like every time I logged in and was gonna do a chart, all those points were there and I went through every single point. So it almost like ingrained it in my head, like not to miss things. So that when I go back and do like written ones, I kind of have that template already in my head. So that was like beneficial for sure. Um, if you if you get the opportunity to use like an online system, I think that's that's helpful. Also, you can usually type a little quicker than you can write. I used to type a lot. So getting better at charting um, was something that um, was one of my objectives, and something that really helped me with that was because I'm pretty forgetful. Um, so I used to write, like I'd have my interaction with the patient and sometimes we'd see like four patients in the morning, 
But I got to a point like halfway through my placement where I'm just like, okay, I'm forgetting because I would like see patients all morning and then have lunch or like chart on one before lunch and then chart the rest in the afternoon. And I would like struggle so hard to like remember what we did with each patient because like for initials, sometimes they would be only like 20 minutes or something like that. Like it was quick, right? So I used to write things down um, in a little notebook, like the key points of what we did. So when I went back to chart, like I wouldn't forget stuff. And then over time, like towards the end of the the placement, I got better at it in my like CI. I was like, okay, you're like, you're getting all your stuff done, which is good. I was almost writing like a little bit too much and then I could like start cutting back. But writing too much at the beginning was like kind of a good thing um, just to have everything down. So that was something that like I, I guess, improved on over the placement the second the second one um this one was really big so the importance of collaboration between other healthcare professionals this is this was something really big at the rehab center but it really carried over at the hospital as well because i really learned that it's super important to collaborate with other healthcare professionals because like you'd be seeing a patient and in the hospital like each patient has like like there's like a nurse, right? It wasn't one-to-one where I was, but it, like they would have a few, each nurse would have like a few patients. They'd be in charge of a few patients. So like I got into the habit of every morning, like speaking, like I would have my list of patients I was going to go see. So I'd go speak to each nurse, like ask them about like the patient, how they were doing that morning. If they received pain meds, like if there's any concerns, like anything I should know before I see them, I'll let them know that like, I'm going to go see them and then be like, Hey, I saw them. I'll let you know how it went afterwards or if they can be discharged. So like that was really big. And then also collaborating with like OT, um, on the floor was very helpful because you can do that session together instead of like doing it individually because there's a lot of points like when you go through your subjective history with a patient and get an idea of their home environment which was a really big thing for inpatient orthopedics the OT the occupational therapist pretty much needs all that information as well so if you guys can do it together and you're going to see the same patient that was that'd be super helpful so collaborating and also like collaborating with pain management was a really big one as well. There's, there's like a whole host of um, healthcare professionals you'd collaborate with, but those were definitely two of the big things like charting and like the importance of collaborating with other healthcare professionals. That was kind of like, that was kind of similar to um, what happened in mine, like because mine was also like an outpatient hospital, like we were... It was also like a very like unique experience because everyone, all these different professionals were literally in the same staff room. So like we could literally walk over and like ask the OT about a patient or like ask like, yeah. this person about a patient. Like just go through like, oh, you're seeing this person later today. This is what I noticed in mind. It might help you during your assessment. You know what I mean? Things like that. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, which is definitely really helpful. And I think like going into that question, the skills that I learned, that's definitely one of them. Like being able to work with people that, aren't necessarily like physios but being able to learn from their assessment and what they found and kind of prepping for that like for example if someone does like an ot assessment before and then they they kind of notice that the patient is more irritable that day or they're kind of like inattentive then you can kind of prep for that and be like okay maybe i'm not going to give them this complicated like obstacle course task that i was planning maybe i might need to like scale it back a bit and then they come in and then you know, you find out that you, you can barely do anything. Like you have to do very simple, like one step instructions. So like that was definitely one of the big skills, like for sure. The other one was kind of working around, um, almost like the soft skills of trying to make sure that you're meeting the patient's goals and, um, adapting when things in the session aren't going your way. So like, for example, like since a lot of these patients had dementia, 
and cognitive issues they sometimes they don't want to do what you thought would be best for them so you have to kind of adapt based on their goals for that session or you have to find a way to get them or their family member or convince them to kind of hop on you know what i mean maybe you have to change the task to something that's more interesting or it's more relevant to them you know what i mean like that was definitely one of the other ones like right i think working with seniors for that reason was really interesting because it kind of applies everywhere like a lot of people are going to have issues with compliance if they don't see the relevance of what you guys are working on in the session uh to their daily lives right so that was one thing um biggest challenge on the placement again just like working through those cognitive barriers like making sure that you're not making things too overcomplicated for the patient which i think is relevant for like all settings right like you don't want to try to make things sound overcomplicated or like almost unattainable for a patient you want to try to explain it in terms that they can understand and explain how that's actually related to what they want to do you know what i mean like the words patellar tendinopathy might not mean anything to a patient but then explaining like okay this is why this is happening this is what you're doing that's helping it and not helping it this is what treating it would entail you know what i mean like just really making it about the patient and what they actually want out of the session yeah 100 percent, man and you know i just want to say one other thing and this is something that like it's not not really to do with any of this like question but it's, it's, I guess it's kind of a skill in a way, but I, I think it has more to do with like the hospital setting in general. Like mm-hmm. I've noticed, especially from the difference between the hospital and the rehab setting, my first placement is people like come and go in the hospital all the time. And like the hospital is busy, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. people are coming to see these patients and they're in there for like a minute or two minutes. They just get what they need. They leave. And like, it happens with so many times where I had patients being like, yeah, like so-and-so came in and then, you know, they just asked this and they left and like they have other questions, like the patient had other questions they needed to ask. I, I Something that I really learned was like, it, it's kind of to go along with what Walid said, like you got to be in the moment. And mm. I feel like we get so caught up <clears throat> and I noticed this in the hospital setting that like you have so many patients you need to see and you have a timeline and it's almost like you have a deadline to meet this criteria and you're like okay i gotta see this patient now i'm gonna see this patient now i'm gonna see this patient now i'm gonna just like do this do this this, then go to the next one and then sometimes like you'll forget like they're they're still a person and you're spending your time to go see them don't like rush through your stuff just get exactly what you need to get and then leave like you know if you just give them like a moment to you know if you just pause and give them a moment they'll tell you something or they might have a story for you And if you just like stand there and let them like tell you that story, they appreciate it so much because that doesn't happen a lot in the hospital, you know, like at least, at least what I noticed. Yeah. And I I think just having that, that connection with the patients and like spending that extra, like two, three minutes just to like ask them how they're doing or just letting them like elaborate a little bit more on what they're trying to say rather than just jumping question to question. I think that's like something that's sometimes overlooked and something that, is really important especially in these settings mm-hmm. yeah yeah damn that's crazy man yeah sorry i was just like a random like side comment just i was just thinking oh, about no, it no, like no, no. you know i agree i agree with everything you said yeah 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 i guess there's, um, just, there's just one last question and that is oh uh, okay if there was one thing you wish you knew before this placement. And I guess we could make it fast because 
it's not really a hugely detailed question, but it's, I guess for me, that would be, I guess I, I wish someone told me how much or how much like the family can play a role in like the mm. patient experience specifically for that setting because i guess in private practice there's it's mostly just the patient talking for themselves right but then in this case and in most hospital settings there might be situations where the patient can't necessarily communicate for themselves like either they're they're kind of having cognitive issues or they have delirium or they're um unconscious or something like that you know what i mean so because of that kind of using the family's information and then putting the pieces together based on what they're saying along with what the patient is saying is really helpful because it kind of gives you a bigger picture of how you can help this person so i think that's for me like that was something that was really helpful that i think that i wish i like picked up earlier in the placement instead of just trying to get everything out of the patient and trying to make my own assumptions that definitely helped me a lot yeah, it's good, man. I think um the good thing about that is the fact that like when you get a patient picture, sometimes you feel like you make certain assumptions about the patient. Sometimes because of the cognitive factors, you might have a hard time believing certain things or you might be missing a certain part of your picture, especially with the with the placement that you had. I think getting that in extra information from the family further confirms um, not only what you were thinking, but it also involves the family in the care of the patient and so yeah it's 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 good i it, it'd be very useful to know that um beforehand um for me it was something similar um uh like for me it, one of the things that i kind of had to develop was the fact that like like cer- certain patients had a hard time communicating now this could be because of their pathology that caused them to you know like not speak as well um or there's a language barrier like a language barrier was huge right like because there's a language barrier your tendency like what i saw sometimes from certain professionals i won't like say who or what um what what i saw was that there was some tentativeness to like deal with that patient or a little bit of distance distance that they that they had that they said that this person has these symptoms they have to stay here or this person is like this therefore they need to leave whatever else whatever else they say it's just a matter of like whatever like it's like a psychosocial type of factor you know like it's like a like it's something that they're doing on their own it's it's a part of their personality now that the reason why that's dangerous right is because you're not you're no longer listening to the patient what you've done is like medically they're good there shouldn't be any issues leave and because you're a professional of some sort in in a hospital setting and hearing that like there's that like the patient then feels like they're misunderstood right and and you taking like me myself taking the extra time to like speak to these patients and trying to understand them or work with my CI to make sure that we fully understand what's going on with the patient before we you know either make a decision about what's going on with them right like it was a huge thing for me because I had to like actively make up that mind uh, that mindset to make sure that the patient's fully understood. Um, and it's something that I saw in my CI and other professionals around me too, that they would take that time, but um, certain professionals didn't do that. So knowing that beforehand would be useful because you wouldn't be, you wouldn't feel intimidated by someone who's more experienced than you over there to make that kind of decision or make that kind of judgment. So 
what I what I would say is like the like I would I would love to have like had anyone just t- tell me like oh like don't get intimidated by these situations you know like feel like if you feel like there's something that you need to say or you need to do then you just do it so yeah I love it I love it that's like words of wisdom if there's something you feel like you need to do yeah. just do it I like it you <laughs> could sound like that it's like, like St. Michael's St. Michael's has spoken oh <laughs> uh, okay so I'm trying to think here this is kind of the last like closing remark for the play like placement one and placement two so I feel like I need to should say something so worthwhile here. So actually, the second question we have here is if you were to give advice to another student who is going on your placement or just, I guess, a placement in general, what would you say? And, you know, I was thinking about this question and I know there's a lot of placement options and not everyone's going to get exactly what they want, because at least in our program, there's five different placements and there's 100 students or 110 of us. And you're going to get second rounded. Some, some students got third rounded and, and you're not always going to get what you want. I think what's important here, though, is that since that's inevitable, you just got to go into your places with an open mind. And this is something that I learned, especially from this placement as well, because this was definitely not something that was in my top, you know, five or anything like that, anything like that. Um, so going to this placement, I didn't have like... I guess you can say like not high expectations. Like I wasn't expecting too much, but I realized quickly that that was the wrong way to go about thinking about the placement because every single placement you have, you'll learn something from and you'll gain something from. And I think that's important to realize, um, especially when you get placed at something that you don't think you'll learn too much from, if you know what I mean. So I think just coming to realize those things um, and that's going to happen is is really important going forward. And you'll learn more from just your CI, like you'll learn from the patients and what they have to say um, and the things that they tell you. So spending like going back to spending that time with them and really understanding like what they need, why they're there, what their story is. You'll like learn so much from just speaking with the patients. And I honestly, like I wish I had more time with patients because I know, you know, at the end of the day, like you, you still do have to see a certain amount of patients and, and that's important because you got to stay on your, you know, it's time management as well. And just if you can spend that extra five minutes with them, you'll learn so much and you'll learn so much from other healthcare professionals around you. And I know it can be intimidating. And honestly, I was intimidated um, by like other healthcare professionals around me. Cause you're like, Oh, you know, you're, I'm just a student. Like, what do I know? Right. Like, you know, you're like, they, they know so much. Like, what if I say something wrong or I don't know something about like, you know what I mean? Like you're going to have those thoughts as a student and that's, that's normal. But if you just ask those questions, to those healthcare professionals, like they have so much to tell you and they're so supportive, um, of like your learning and your interactions with other patients that, it's just important to be open-minded when you go on your placements that there's like endless possibilities of things you can learn. So yeah, there's my little, I guess, closing remark blurb. Closing I don't know if I hit the mark on the, I don't know if I hit the mark on the question, but I just, <laughs> sorry, just 
spoke off the cuff. That there. was beautiful. That was beautiful, man. Saint Mike. <laughs> Saint Mike. Saint Mike. <laughs> That's gonna be the the name of this podcast. Just call yeah. it Saint <laughs> Saint Mike. Like don't even call it place it ever too much. Just nope. We'll just leave it at that. Cause yeah. That's <laughs> Anything? Uh, anybody else wanted to add? A nope. Uh, I'm good. That was. That I will leave it on so. a high note. Yeah, yeah we'll leave it yeah, on. That was good. Note. That was good. All right, guys. talking to you boys about that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and guys, uh, if you guys have any different topic ideas for us, because we're always trying to kind of brainstorm and think of more guests that we can get on. If you have any of those ideas, you can just hit us up on Instagram or. Um, I'm, oh my god, my voice just died. Whoa. I'm definitely gonna make that no. the highlight. I'm definitely gonna make that the highlight. Of that the could be the uh, thing, the beginning. The teaser. I the think teaser. I'll put it at the beginning. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but anyways, guys, yeah. So hit us up if you have any ideas. Um, this has been the PT3 podcast, and we will see you next time. Peace out, everyone.